doing? How you feeling? How you living? Thanks for joining me today. It's your girl, Akua, your host for Dem Coins Podcast, where we help millennials of faith gain clarity on what they truly value, manage and increase their income, and crush their financial goals. And in today's episode, we'll be talking to Imani Hamilton, the debt eliminator extraordinaire herself. She's going to be talking about debt, leverage, her overall story, and how to get your money mindset right. Hey, we back at it, season two. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on, all you amazing people? I have missed you so much. I've missed doing this podcast. Um, been a lot of awesome new changes. Literally, the seasons are changing. The fall is happening. Fall is my favorite season. So I'm in a very good mood right now. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the financial spheres, right? The mass exodus, people are quitting their jobs and all this really interesting um, financial stuff. The real estate and the stock market hasn't had a significant uh, crash or reset of any type. So it's, you know, it's really interesting. We're all just hanging by the balance and, you know, (laughs) taking it one day at a time. Um, This season, I hope to just continue to bring you better, more amazing energy and guests. And today we have a fantastic guest. So if this is your first time, once again, my name is Akua, and uh, we talk about faith, finances, and life and such. And today we have Miss Imani Hamilton from Faith by Finance. She's the founder, and she helps professionals of faith learn how to manage their money wisely so they can invest in things that matter most. She is a financial educator, strategist, and author of the book, The Debt denominator, a book that provides a proven step-by-step guide to getting out of debt through God's words. She has a bachelor's degree in mathematics from Clark Atlanta University and an MBA in real estate and finance from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. So without further ado, let's get into this interview. All right, Dem Coins family, we have a special guest today. We have Miss Imani Hamilton. Debt. Debt. Hi. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Akua, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. So I'm. I'm always interested in, you know, mindset and how people got into their different specialties within finance and. Um, I know that you are officially the debt dominator extraordinaire. And so I'm really excited to talk about all things debt. We're going to kind of roll it back and talk a bit about, so wow, you pretty impressive. You have a background in finance, real estate, and math. So mm-hmm. yes, I'm a math nerd. Yes, so how did you always love math or did it you know, kind of come later on in life, like how did you get? I did. I did. I did from um, very little math was my favorite subject. Um, It was something that always came very easily to me. And so I always knew that whatever I did, it it had to be um, with numbers. And so when I got to college, Clark Atlanta University, I had no clue what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. And back then, actuarial science was probably 
one of the top three careers in the country. And so I said, okay, I'll give that a try. So if no, if you don't know what that is, because a lot of people have no clue what that is, but it's basically um, in the insurance industry and it's around statistics and forecasting on insurance premiums. So I did that for about seven years and it was great, but I realized that I couldn't stare at a computer all day for the next 30 years of my life and just it wasn't a fit. And so I decided to go back to school and that's where I got my MBA in real estate and finance. And I wanted to focus on real estate because I had been doing a lot of investing up into that time. I had bought about four or five properties and um, despite going through the whole 2008 recession, I really enjoyed the whole industry and the asset class. So I wanted to go back to school and focus in real estate and finance. And that's how I ended up in banking. So um, in that journey is where the whole debt story came and all of that, um, which you know I don't know if I should get into it now or later, but um, there was a lot that happened during that transition that informed where I am today, basically. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, that is so interesting um, because I interviewed someone yesterday and it had a very similar story in the background. Like they just always love math and always love numbers. So that's interesting. Though. <laughs> I seem to find people that love math and numbers. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, interesting. So I'm, I'm curious in, so you've, you've, you've been investing in, um, real estate for a while how did you how did you remain uh how did you stay the course during 2009 that I'm really curious about that so actually that was the turning point in my life um and for a lot of reasons and one being investing because up until that time, I think I had about four or five properties at that point. And um, I was doing fairly well. And what happens is I got lazy. So I got involved with the investment group. I went to a state that I knew nothing about. I, you know, real estate was so good during that time. Prices were just going up. I was selling properties at double what I bought them. And so I got lazy and I stopped doing research. I stopped doing my due diligence. I went to a market I, I was not familiar with. And then the recession hit and I ended up getting stuck with this property. And all of my savings went to zero trying to keep current you know, keep paying on the mortgage and everything and ultimately had to give it back um, to the bank. And it was at that point in time where I really had a different perspective of debt uh, because up until that time, I was cool with it as long as I could afford it, you know, could afford the monthly payment. You know, it's like, oh, you, you need to go to college. Go just go get a student loan. Oh, you need a car. Or just go get an auto loan. Oh, you need a, you know, it's there's loans for everything. And um, it wasn't until that time, even having so much reserves, it just wasn't enough. And I've started to realize that, okay, I need to figure out how to minimize debt as much as possible. Um, and it also was the catalyst for not only the, the debt, you know, paying off debt journey, but also switching from religion to relationship with God, because it was at that point that I found myself really crying out to God and saying, okay, I, I, I need another way. I need your way. And so that's what started Finance by Faith, actually, years later. But it was from that experience. Nice. The step back was for 
the come up. <laughs> yes, definitely. 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 Oh, that is so, oh, that's really interesting because there's a lot of sort of different discussions going on as it relates to leverage. And so there's a lot, there's kind of both sides of the fence. And I kind of like to present, you know, both sides. Um, but that's really interesting that 2009 with the crash, it caused you to kind of <laughs> reevaluate, like, I don't think I want to leverage all the time. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. Um, when it comes to debt, you know, at the end of the day, that can be used for things that we need. I mean, especially when it comes to owning property. Uh, um, none of us, or I should say a lot of us are not in a position to buy properties with cash. And sometimes that is, um, you know, there to be able to become a homeowner and therefore, and you know, um, therefore have a come up that way. But um, what I found, at least with myself and with others that I help, is that we are in this malaise, if you will, of just not really thinking twice about it. You know what I'm saying? Like we just kind of, oh, it's there, let me get it. And we don't think about, are there other options that I can use before running to debt? And that's just one of those things that I like to help my clients think about is to really just give thought to options. Are there other options? Are there better ways? Are there more wise ways? Because it does say in Proverbs 22, seven, that the borrower is slave to the lender. And so if the word of God says it, there must be some truth to that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and we, we, you know, and so I started to heed like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know the Bible talked about money. Like I was blown away. Yeah. I was blown yeah. away by that. Mm -hmm. And so as I began to study that, I was like, okay, there's actually foundation here on how to manage your finances in the Bible. And I just had no idea. And when I saw that, and I actually felt like a slave, like it was one of those rhema words that hit me so hard I said oh my goodness you know let me let me look at this a little differently and so that's what started the journey of let's get out of student loan debt let's get out all these card notes let's you know, <laughs> get this noose off our necks and um, my husband and I and um, that's what informed also the book the debt denominator so awesome wow that's yeah that's super profound I found the same thing as well. Um, when I started this platform, really, you know, seeing that money, money is money is good, money is important, money is a resource. And the word does talk about it quite a bit, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually just started um, a journey of actually intentionally studying all of, you know, what we call the money scriptures in the Bible. I think I'm up to my fifth or sixth one now. Um, and, you know, what's so interesting about that is that it not only hits on the tangible tool of money, because money is just a tool, but it also touches upon our hearts when it comes to money. And I think that's even more profound and important because at the end of the day, when you think about money and, you know, how people manage their money, about 20% is the actual knowledge of it, where the 80 is that behavioral part of it. And what drives our behavior is all that junk that we have, you know, stuff we pulled from childhood and, you know, you know, let's call, call things what they are, temptation and, and greed and things like that, that, you know, it's not necessarily popular to talk about, but it's right. sometimes it's in there, right? Comparison, mm -hmm. looking at social media and seeing what other people are doing. Oh, and yeah. Like, 
And so um, I, I just love how the Bible really just touches on it all mm -hmm. and really just gives us a blueprint for how to really manage our money wisely. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It told us to guard our heart for a reason, you know, so mm -hmm. for sure. For wow. sure. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's really, really interesting that, you know, 2009 brought on, you know, those two major changes, you know, you mentioned the one with kind of evaluating how you looked at leverage and then also your relationship with God. So what do you think is probably the biggest difference in your relationship with God before and then now? Um, I would say that it's my faith has increased one um, and two. It, it, when I said about religion and relationship, that's exactly what I mean. So I grew up in the church, was baptized when I was young. You know, my grandparents took me to Sunday school. I did all the motions, if you will. And, you know, I prayed and all that, but I don't think I ever really brought God into my decision making, especially when it came to money. Yes. like I do right now mm -hmm. so I'll make a decision because I'm going off of my head knowledge you know thinking I know what to do and then when I fell flat on my face you know <laughs> I mean I was oh, like yep. what it is, right <laughs> like I got <laughs> right let me do that <laughs> right right and, and instead of you know trying to go to him after it says no every decision I make now I am praying to God, asking for his wisdom and his guidance. I actually try to act like I don't know anything, you know, because I've already been down that road of, and I know that he knows all. And so why even do that to myself? Mm -hmm. And um, now, now that is the biggest difference. It's just, he is right there. And I'm asking just, you know, on a daily basis um, and incorporating him in every decision that I make. So. That is so good. That is so good. Yeah, because I'm, I, yeah, I definitely feel you on that. That is, yeah, especially in the information age, sometimes you can get a little, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And especially the information age, there is so much information these days. No, seriously. And especially when it comes to finances, it's, you know, there's so many different programs and so many. Um, different things that people are teaching and, you know, trying to figure out, do I invest in, in this stock program? Do I invest in this, you know, trucking company? Do I invest and learn about this business? Do I, it's so many things going on and you really have to figure out like, okay, uh, you know, God has a plan for each of us. God has an assignment for each of us, you know, and what exactly is that assignment for you or for me? It doesn't mean that all of these all of this information is not great information, but it's not necessarily something I'm assigned to be doing in my life. And that's one of the things that I learned about that property that went wrong back during the recession. That property was the hardest property to close. There were so many things going on. There were so many red flags. And I wish I could remember the detail because I didn't realize I would be sitting here talking about it years later. But I remember saying, my goodness, Am I even supposed to be doing, you know, closing on this property? And clearly I wasn't because the recession was on its way right. and I had no idea, right? <laughs> and it wasn't until in hindsight, obviously, that I was like, wow, I really felt like God was trying to say, stop 
Mm-hmm. But I just kept pressing. I just kept pressing, pressing. Like this is going to get done no matter what, because I was just headstrong about it. And, um, you know, so it's not even that real estate investing is wrong. It's obviously a great thing to do. It's just, was that the property for me? Was that the timing for me? And it wasn't, but I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. As we all do. As we all do. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I, I, I love this because it's, it's really in line with um, a concept that I call, I, I've coined it because I haven't heard anyone else say it, but um, it's called financial self-awareness where you're looking at, you know, you take the information, look at different perspectives, but you also look at your goals and then you get in line with the creator and, you, you know, you assess these different parts of yourself and of your life. And then you say, okay, like such and such is like, hey, do you know do crypto do options do mm-hmm. and it's like, wait but is that for me exactly <laughs> that's right. you know, so I that's love right. that you talk about that absolutely and so yeah as um as you were saying you know the really the mental part of this whole thing is probably like the biggest battle of it all mm-hmm. I, oh, I remember recently I had Oh, I still get mad at myself because it's recent, but I, I did a really good job and I actually paid off my credit card debt and then ran it awesome. back up. <laughs> but then I, ran oh, okay. I, was like, <laughs> I was so mad at myself. <laughs> I was like, yes, finally. Yeah. And I saw the big zero there. And then within like a month and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> out of control but I still was like why did I do that and mm-hmm. so how do you help uh people navigate that those emotional components because that's really the heart of the heart of finances I believe yeah well, I, a, a couple of things one is consciousness it, it's really about being conscious and aware in the moment about what you're about to do Um, Another thing is to always have your vision, your goals in mind, because at the end of the day, you can do whatever you want to do, but what are you forfeiting that you are working towards in the future? And so if you don't have something that you're working towards, whatever that might be, a house, you know, wanting to come off your job, retirement, if you just out here just living, you may not see that cost benefit analysis, if you will, of making that decision today. Um, And then the other thing that I like to tell people is that, you know, when I tighten their belt a little bit with their budget, um, I just say it's a temporary inconvenience. It's not forever. It's just to get you into a position so that you can do what it is that you want to do. So don't ever look at like, oh, I have to, you know, tighten my belt here or there that is forever it's not it's just one step in a greater in a greater um, direction say the other thing that I focus on is what I call cash flow which is just making sure people um, are not spending everything that comes through the door you know making sure their expenses are less than their income because I find that a lot of people who use debt is really because they don't see that they have extra money or they may not even have extra money, but how do we position you to make sure you do have extra money so you're not relying on the card? 
and leave the card at home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the old-fashioned stuff. You know, that was the issue because to pay, to pay it off, I did actually leave the card at home. But then as it was, you know, as it went down to zero, to zero I was like, oh, I'll just put it back in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and today it's so hard because everything's online anyway. And they got your credit card saved in the, yes. <laughs> and then they, they, oh, they're so slick. They sign you up for the text, you know, to get your little 30, 40% off and then they're in your face and you're like, oh, I, I think know. I need that. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's so much temptation. And actually I talk about this in the book. I call it pressure points of the external pressure points of just exactly what you said, these emails that we get every single day. And not only that, but just just how everybody's life is in our face these days. And it's just so easy for us to compare or you see somebody, you know, going on vacation and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I want to do that too. And, and nothing wrong with a vacation, don't get me wrong, but we do have to evaluate where we are in our life and in our journey. And sometimes you got to make sacrifices because my husband and I, we made a ton of sacrifices to pay off $142,000 of um, debt that we had. So, you know, yeah. um, it's what everybody, you know, each person decides what they're willing to sacrifice and um, to get to their goal. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you, you know, you mentioned uh, your book, The Debt Denominators. So, what can people expect when, you know, without obviously, we won't give the whole book away, but, you know, what are some key takeaways or some, um, some important facets in the book. So it, it basically are, it's basically broken into seven steps and the seven steps are the seven steps that my husband and I literally took to get out of six figures of debt. And it's heavily based in the word of God, um, because for us, that was literally the catalyst for change. Mm. We knew a lot of information, but something did not like kick us to move, to motivate us to move until we saw what the Bible had to say. And it was like, oh my goodness. And we were trying to actually align our lives with the word of God. So that caused us to actually put a plan in action. And so the Bible... I'm sorry, the book is actually, you know, the foundation is laid in scripture, um, but it's all very relevant to um, knowing what the Bible has to say about money, understanding your debt relationships, and not just how much you owe, but what's the interest rate that they're charging you, know your monthly payment, does your payment even cover principal, or is it just covering interest, because a lot of people tend to not even realize that their balance is not even going down, um, and all of those different things, and then it goes into talking about budgeting, making sure you have cash flow, and how are you allocating that cash flow and making sure you're doing so strategically. And then that's just the, the warm up. Okay. It's just setting up the plan. I call the exercise is really actually following the plan because at the end of the day, like we just talked about, all these things come up, all these temptations come up. And how do you make sure you stay on the plan that you set for yourself? And so I get into debt fatigue and the pressure points and just you know, ways to help yourself um, not fall down those pitfalls. Yeah, and that's great. And I, I love that, you know, you and your husband could come together as a unit and then like the word of God be the core of it. And so did you find 
did you find that there were sometimes um certain things that you may have not agreed on that you had to find like a common place or like yes yes and yes, <laughs> yes, and yes. <laughs> like we humans now yes <laughs> um, yes uh he 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 was very he's big on experiences and vacations and um you know vacations are not cheap Mm-hmm. And um, we did not factor that into our plan per se. So it, in my mind, once the plan was set and it didn't include vacations, we weren't doing it. And that was something he wanted to do. So that was probably the biggest tension, which wasn't huge, but it was enough um, to have a conversation. So I, I tell people, you know, we were super, super hardcore. You don't have to be. It's just all about whatever you say you're going to do, follow through. Mm-hmm. You know, so pack in whatever you want to pack in vacations or you want to do this, or you want to do that inside your debt free journey. That's fine. Just try your best to follow through on whatever you you say so that you can commit to yourself because your future self is going to thank you for it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is so important. Yeah, because I um and the financial self-awareness like points one of them is sacrifices and again some people are gonna go you know on the ramen noodle they're just gonna they're gonna they're gonna pump it out and it's gonna be quicker for them but some people are like ah no I (laughs) we're gonna have to space this out a little more yeah and I I definitely think um and we were we weren't on the ramen noodles but I'll say that it is important to have a healthy Mm -hmm. balance because you want something that's realistic that you're going to actually follow through. If you're so tight and you're, you know, I know you were kind of joking, but kind of true on the whole ramen noodles and that's all you're eating, you're not going to last. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're just going to say, forget yeah. about it. Right. Yeah. So, how do you find something that incorporates a balance that you're going to stay on the journey? And if time does not matter to you, then so be it, you know? Um, but for us, it, it kind of mattered a bit. So we tilted more on the stringent side. We had to, you know, we having kids, daycare costs, Ooh. you know, it's like, all Ooh. right, <laughs> this, this right here is another mortgage yeah. or two. That's yeah. how much it was. We were paying $2,700 a month just in student loans and cars. Ooh. That didn't include our mortgage. I'm just being completely transparent. So can you imagine that was a lot? So we like, okay, we got to get this done quick, fast, and in a hurry. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is awesome. Cool, cool. And so I'm curious because I am, I am definitely a one that likes to vacation and travel. So I wonder what was the, what was the happy place when it came to, did you just kind of say, okay, after six months, then we can go on vacation or, you know, like what was, I wonder what the compromise was. Cause I'm asking for myself really. That's what I'm trying. <laughs> it was, it, it was, okay. How do we factor this in without derailing our plan in a big mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so that was that, that's kind of where the compromise was like, okay, what can we, you know, what can we kind of finagle a bit and give ourselves time so that, okay, maybe we can't go anywhere in two months, but if we can figure out a way to make it so that we can go somewhere in six or eight months, because now we have, we're putting another plan on in 
you know, on top of this plan to cover the vacation, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of where the the compromise happened. Ooh, ooh. So awesome. Mm. All right. And so um I've been <laughs> I've been asking a lot of questions, though, for myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I wonder when you um when you have clients come in and you know, let's say they don't have any sort of um, knowledge on what to do with their personal finance. So where do you usually start if there were like one or two things that everyone has to do before they, you know, as a foundation, if you will, what would you, what would you tell people? Well, um, well, there's a couple of things. I mean, I always start with their vision for the future, their goals, you know, what are you working towards? Um, because <clears throat> I believe that, um, well, I'll just give an example. I was having a breakfast with a friend of mine and the waiter must've overheard our conversation and uh, what I did. And he comes over to the table and he says, I need to talk to you because I got to work on my credit. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, what are you trying to do? I'm thinking he's about to say, I want to get a house, something. He's just like, I don't know. I just want to have good credit. And I said, oh, okay. I mean, and it's good to have good credit, but credit is is a tool to be used so that you can borrow for something. There's an end in mind to credit. Because I'll tell you something. I don't plan to use debt. So I don't care about my credit. I don't look at my credit score anymore. I don't buy, I don't really bother with it. And I know I have a good one, but it's not important to me because I'm gonna try to cash flow as much as I can. And so if we're putting so much effort into something, it's so that there's some goal in mind. So I always wanna help people, even if they don't have a goal in mind, I try to help them see why are you doing what you're doing? Um, you know so that we have some pathway. Um, but then the other thing is, is it really comes down to your numbers. You got to know how much you bring in. You got to know how much you're spending. Um, and you got to know where all your other money is. Um, so for example, um, there's people who switch jobs. They leave a retirement account sitting in an old job that they forgot about. They don't even know how much is in there. <clears throat> they move on and then they move on and you know, they just have stuff everywhere and things like that. And so we really try to get a whole picture of the person and their financial picture, because one of the things is that people make decisions or need to make a decision. Let's say like, oh, I need to buy a car. Okay. You need to buy a car, but your decision of how you buy a car can impact other things within your financial world. So it's really important to not make a decision in a small little silo, if you will, it's important to see the whole picture um, before you make any decision so you know what impacts what and to make sure that you're making the best decision for you and your future. And so I guess those will be the two things is really knowing the concrete numbers and then understanding what it is that you're really trying to work towards. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's very um, important to definitely, you know, keep well, first of all, have like an actual end in mind. Because I guess sometimes when we look at, you know, some of the most um, financially successful people, they tend to be people that aren't, 
you know, usually aren't really of like, uh, of the faith. And if they have a faith, it's usually like a loose spirituality. And so I guess as you, um, I've been, you know, really understanding and reading the word for yourself, has there been any specific like scriptures or stories that really pop out to you that, you know, really, um, really changed your perspective? Like, oh, like I didn't, I never, I never, I never knew that, you know, because sometimes people feel like they have to compartmentalize, you know, their faith and then their money is over here. And like, God, you don't need to, I'll deal with that. Okay. I'll come to you. No, yeah. Well, I'll say the one that changed my life was the one I mentioned earlier, which was Proverbs 22, seven, which says the rituals over the poor and the borrowed slaves to the lender. Um, that literally changed the game for me. Um, I would say recently, uh, there's so many good, I, 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 can't, I can't just right. pick one. There's yeah. so many good ones. Um, but, uh, you know, I just love the story of um, Joseph and Pharaoh and how um, Pharaoh had the dream and nobody can interpret it. So they called Joseph to interpret the dream. And basically it was that he'll, they'll have seven years of um, abundance in Egypt. And then after that, they were going to have seven years of famine. And so Joseph had told or recommended that they save 20% of the harvest in abundance to, to store up and reserve it to, you know, um, save as food during the famine. And it sustained Egypt, it sustained the children of Israel. And I just actually love that story because at the end of the day, it really gets to the heart of emergency mm-hmm. fund, which is not, you know, the, the I don't want to use words. Oh, you can, it's not the yeah, funnest I'm thing to do. It's not the sexiest thing to do, right? It's, it, it, you know, it could kind of feel boring um, to save for that emergency fund. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tempting to want to invest it because it's not making any money when it's just sitting in a savings account. But my goodness, when you have it and when you need it, it is a lifesaver. And so I just, I just love how... that is just a great illustration of the importance of that because there might be a time when you're in a drought or in a famine season losing your job or whatever the case may be and that is what it's for Mm -hmm. that is what it's for until that next door opens for you so I just love that story but there's others yes 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 that is that is fantastic Joseph is literally one of my favorite people and stories in the Bible, you know, because I think it, it, I mean, there's so many facets to, you know, that story. I mean, you could, you can pull apart and like do a sermon for like, you can do like 20 sermons. Oh, that. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I should mention that was Genesis 41. Um, if anybody was wondering. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He really, I feel like in all encompassing, he really, uh, shows that you know your gifts will really make room for you. Like I think that absolutely, I, mean, I love that. Yeah, scripture. I mean, you literally you go from being in soul slavery, <laughs> you get you get mm-hmm. promoted, you get demoted back to jail, and you get promoted again. And you know that perseverance, yes. even when you you know when you actually are doing the right thing, sometimes too. Sometimes when you're going through a rough period you may feel like you are in a you know proverbial jail of some sort 
And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you just like have to stick out the course, like, no, you're actually doing the right thing. It's just, <laughs> just and to stick it out with a great Absolutely. attitude. Yeah, because I would have been cussing it's everybody. Just not easy to do. <laughs> I mean, me too. I'm sitting here like, okay, how long? How, like, really? really got how long am I going to be in jail you, you know you start to you start to feel like he's not with you I, I mean trust me I'm not I'm not beside <laughs> I mean Joseph really kept the great a great attitude um, but it just goes to show uh, that story is just amazing and how God just just was with him and his hand was on his life and there was nothing that can be done to derail you know his des- his destiny coming to pass Period. And I think that's a great lesson for for all of us, you know. Wow, this has been absolutely phenomenal, Imani. And so we're getting into sort of the tail end here. And so I'd like to ask you, if you could change anything about your journey, would you change anything? I I have to say no. And it's not that every part of my journey was enjoyable by any stretch of the means. But those times when it wasn't enjoyable, what came out of it, you can't pay for. And so I wouldn't change anything. Um, Every time um, I was in a valley season, uh, my relationship with God increased. And I got to know him in a way that I did not know him before. And so for that reason alone, I would not change a thing. Yeah, absolutely. It is definitely in the journey. And so currently in your journey, do you have any mantras or any sort of affirmations that you use to keep yourself motivated? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, I, I No, not really. I do have a no, not really. I was going to say I have like a daily prayer that I usually recite, but um, I don't have any like mantra per se. I just try to, every day I just try to strive to hear God's voice and then um, literally have a heart to obey. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is so, so good. That actually reminds me of um, Patrice Washington. I think it was last year. She said that the word that she received from God was to be obedient the first time. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yes. No, she, no, she's so right. And I actually love her. Um, I do believe in radical obedience. I absolutely believe that um, without a doubt. So even if you're not sure, just just go with it. And and if it's not, just say, I'm going. But Lord, if it's, if it's not you, close the door. Don't let it open. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, radical, radical obedience is is something I try to live by. So yes, awesome, awesome, very cool. And yes, yeah, so the next one is a bit of a lighter question. What's your favorite food or drink? Oh, I love to eat, and um, I love my mom's sweet potato pie. I can have a slice of pizza any single day of the week. Uh, macaroni and cheese all that all that soul food collard greens um yeah all, all those things thanksgiving thanksgiving is my favorite holiday so hopefully that helps you understand right 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 <laughs> well imani this has been absolutely amazing where can the people reach you 
on Instagram at Finance by Faith. You can find me there. And it was such a pleasure to be here with you today. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Imani. Thank you. <laughs> okay. First episode of season two. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Imani is such an amazing, delightful human being. And uh, feel free to, you know, reach out to her. She's super awesome. Um, lots of really good takeaways. I think for me, it was something very small that she said, but what stuck out to me was it's temporary. You know, talking about, you know, delayed gratification and all those sorts of money mindset topics. I think it's so important, at least for me in this stage is that it's temporary so um, let me know your key takeaways. I'm so excited. Let me know um, what you enjoyed the most about today's episode. And I hope you're out there crushing your financial goals and whatnot. And until next time. And that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Thank you for joining me. I hope you got some new insights or maybe you just got some confirmation on a couple of things. Let your girl know. Feel free to reach out to me via email. Hello at DemCoinsOnline.com. Also, feel free to check us out on Instagram, Dem.Coins. If you have any good topics, cool new strategies, let me know. And while you're at it, feel free to write an awesome five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about me, okay? <laughs> I am so excited for all of us on this journey. And until next time, stay encouraged.